2: Welcome to AFA at the Core. I'm not Walker Robin. This is Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, and I appreciate you listening today. Walker's got the day off. I don't think Walker ever actually takes the day off. He's always working, whatever he's doing. But uh, anyway, gave me the chance to fill in for him this afternoon, so I'm thrilled to be with you again. Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. You can learn more about me at PatriotAcademy.com. That's PatriotAcademy.com. But today, let's just get started, man. Let's dive in. There is so much happening all across the nation, and I want to start by just saying directly to you, the listeners, you are not alone. I know sometimes you watch the insanity that is happening in our country. You feel like Romans 1 has just come to life because it has. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, we learn in Romans one twenty two, And that's, uh, that's exactly what we're living out in America. Just incredible foolishness and insanity from our leaders all the way to the top. I hope you didn't waste any time watching President Biden's town hall last night with Anderson Cooper. I did not watch the whole thing. I did watch a few clips and just to have freedom mocked by the President of the United States was enough to just, um, I don't know, cause me to reach my boiling point. I I try really hard to be a happy warrior. You know, Ronald Reagan said we need to be happy warriors out to take back a nation for freedom and I try my best to do that. Most of the time I do that, but sometimes it just piles up. And I know you probably feel the same way when, when, when the craziness is going on, you're seeing all of this immorality in the culture. You're seeing immorality praised. You're seeing, frankly, uh, mental illness praised and, 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 and uh, deviancy praised and, and, you know, risen to the highest levels, whether it's, you know, Richard Levine being a, appointed a four-star admiral. I, I thought you had to go through the Navy, sacrifice, spend years, to become an admiral at all let alone a four-star admiral apparently now they have this uh you know thing that's uh, a, a whole new department uh that you know for, for public health that they are giving these labels to so that somebody can sound important and so richard uh, now rachel levine uh now the only you know uh, as they like to say openly transgender uh to be a four-star admiral four-star admiral of what i mean this is silly anyway <clears throat> all of this insanity is going on out there and you probably wake up some days going, <laughs> beam me up, Scotty, for those of you that ever watched Star Trek as a kid. And, and you're thinking, I've, I've been transplanted to some weird planet where people don't think anymore. And, and it's not just the people, it's the leaders, it's the governors, it's the president. And you're you're wondering if there's any sanity left. Well, let me just tell you, there is, all right? The, if you feel like Elijah and you're looking around and you're going, God, I'm the only one. I, I've been abandoned. I, I, I'm the only one. And, and he's saying to Elijah, no, 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 look. 7,000 have not bowed their knee to Baal. In the same way, I want you to know God's saying to you as a believer, someone that, that loves his word, that wants to live by his word, that knows that his word is the instruction manual for life, that knows that God's word, the Bible, was the was literally the secret sauce for the American formula that produced the greatest, most powerful, most free, most benevolent nation in the history of the world, that, that, the, that the answers are still in the Bible. So for you as someone that believes that and tries to live that, you are not alone. There are millions, millions of Americans who have not bowed their knee to Baal and perhaps even more appropriate today to Moloch, uh, the spirit of Moloch that has taken over our nation where we sacrifice our children, whether in the womb are to experimental scientific um, things like this vaccine. Now Now that we're going to put this on five-year-olds, five-year-olds. Anyway, I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But here's what I'm going to try to do today, okay? I'm going to try to I'm try to cover multiple subjects. I got, a, I got a really bad habit of just getting on one subject and then, you know, I, I wake up and it's an hour later. But I'm going to try to talk about the border crisis a little bit, uh, what states can do since the feds have completely failed at their job. We won't spend a lot of time on that, but I do want to hit it. Um, definitely want to talk about the COVID mandates, the constitutionality or unconstitutionality of of what the president is doing, what states are doing, um, kind of where that could potentially go from a constitutional perspective. Definitely want to talk about the the current state of the COVID crackdowns, the vaccine mandates, and and people that are losing their jobs now, and and definitely this new uh, push for five to 11-year-olds, which I'm going to try really hard not to get too upset as I as I talk about that. So I'm going to at least start with those topics. We'll see if we can get through those. But I want you to join the conversation. I really don't want to talk to the air all afternoon, all right? So you got to call in. I want you to be a part of the conversation. Even if you just got a comment, got a question, call in 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840 to call in here at AFA. At the core, I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. Let's hit it. Okay, so first topic, border crisis and what states can do. So we're watching this insanity at the border. I've never seen anything like it. I'm a Texan. Look, I live in Austin, Texas. I went to school in San Angelo, Texas. Uh, we used to go down to Del Rio. Uh, I, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Uh, the last nine months, almost 10 months now, um, we have allowed well over 1.3 million illegal crossings. 1.3 million million illegal crossings. Now I want you to just think about there are 10 states in America smaller than that. 10 states. So one fifth of the states are smaller than the number of illegal crossings just in the last nine and a half months. That is the result of the president's policy. That that, that is not, there's no other excuse for it. When he came into office day one at noon, reversed the Trump policies that had not solved the border crisis, but certainly made it uh, a thousand times better than it had been. And and, and by the way, if you're wondering, okay, does this mean this this Rick Green America's Constitution coach guy is is the anti-immigration? No, I am Uh, pro-immigration. My policy on immigration is very simple. It should be a thousand times easier to come to the United States legally and a thousand times harder to come to the United States illegally. And the reason for that is because you want an influx of people into the country, people that wanna be a part of the United States, that wanna live in freedom, that wanna work hard, that have good work ethic, that are looking to do better for their, their families and for those that are seeking asylum, that that are fleeing uh, absolute tyranny. And, and you want to bring people like that to the United States, but you have to have some kind of limit on it. So you gotta have a system in place and people have to you know, sometimes be in line Uh, When there's more that want to come in, then we can handle at a time. And it's always that way because we're the beacon of liberty. Of course, people want to live in the United States of America. And you got to know who's coming in. That's the other reason it ought to be a thousand times easier to come in legally so that we know who you are and a thousand times harder to come in illegally where we don't know who you are. There were over 50 Al-Qaeda operatives captured in a a Latin American country headed this way uh, just in the last few months. We know that there are terrorist cells coming across the border all the time right now with it being so porous and open. So the damage to our country decades from now is going to be the result of of this open border. So it it absolutely should be sealed. It absolutely, we we should be allowing people to come in legally so we know who they are and where they are, why they're here, and for how long they get to stay here while they work towards being a citizen or just coming over to work. I think that's one of the things we should absolutely allow for people to come here to work. And then go home, pay taxes on the money you make here. All these people that are here illegally, they don't pay taxes on, on the cash transactions that take place. So there's a lot of reasons to do it the right way instead of the wrong way. So so where I really wanted to go with this is what does the Constitution say about the current crisis? And, and, and I cannot overemphasize the word crisis. This is a, a a true humanitarian crisis taking place at the border. Like I talked to these ranchers, know some of these people that are there on the border. It has become a nightmare for them to just go out on their own land. Uh, The nightmare for the people that are coming across the border. It's over 50% of the women and children are raped during this process as they travel with these cartels uh, to try to get to America. It's evil, evil, evil stuff that is happening. People don't wanna talk about it, but it is awful. And I think we have to shine a light on it. These kids are being sold into child sex trafficking and the American government is participating in the process. They're putting these kids on a plane and, and sending them somewhere into the United States with nothing more than a piece of paper and a phone number—we don't know for sure where they're going or who they're going with. It's—it's it's just incredible the incompetence that is helping the cartels uh, not only make a lot of money but uh, be able to, 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 you know, traffic in their evil, evil trades. So it's awful. It's got to stop. Donald Trump was trying to stop it. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to be president again or who's going to be president in 2024, but I know we've got you know, potentially three years and two months left of, of a completely out-to-lunch administration that is doing nothing. Actually, they're encouraging the chaos at the border. So what do you do in the meantime, right? Because how much damage can be done in another three years and two months? Well, here's what the Constitution says about this. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15 says that the Congress is supposed to provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the nation, suppress insurrection, and repel invasions. Article 4, Section 4 says that the United States shall protect each of the states against invasion. This is an invasion. When you look at this number of people, now listen, we could talk about the humanitarian side. We could, you know, some people will say, oh, it's just, you know, it's just people trying to get a better life and it's just children looking for, okay, some of that may be true, but I'm watching the videos. I'm seeing the people that are coming across. A lot of it, they are gang members. They are teenage gang members. They are cartel people. So even if you do have good people mixed into it, What you're allowing for is that is used as a distraction for the cartels to be able to do their evil business and take over uh, those areas at the border. So so we absolutely are dealing with an invasion here. So here's the last part of the Constitution to keep in mind. And this is where the states come into play. Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3. This is where states, this is where you get the don'ts for states. And there's typically a lot of things listed there. So Article 1, Section 8, that's the do's. For Congress, Article 1, Section 9, you get some don'ts for Congress. And then Article 1, Section 10, you get some don'ts for the states, but there's also some do's. And here's one of the do's. The states are not supposed to do these things unless they're actually invaded or in such imminent danger as will not admit of delay. Friends, this danger will not admit of delay. This is an actual invasion happening. Lives are at stake and being lost. Women and children are being abused. It has got to stop. Governor Greg Abbott of Texas has been all hat, no cattle. He loves to talk a tough game, doesn't do anything until he's absolutely forced to by his opponents in the Republican primary. There are two fantastic candidates uh, by the name of Alan West and Don Huffines. Also, Chad Prather would be great. I I don't think he has a chance, those other two guys really do, um, to defeat Greg Abbott. And the reason that's important is because as they put the pressure on Greg Abbott, He has finally at least done a little bit at the border, a little, little bitty bit compared to what he should be doing. He should be absolutely putting the National Guard down on the border, absolutely sealing the border, absolutely jailing these cartels, doing whatever it takes. And he's been unwilling to do that. He's just not a bold leader. Let's put it that way. This is a guy that had Texas in prison under covid for a year he's he's a he's a you know not a a conservative constitutionalist he's someone that thought he was a dictator for a year so he's not the type of guy that's going to be bold under the constitution to protect the state of texas and frankly the rest of the country by sealing the border um there on the texas side but with a lot of the pressure that's on him right now he started to take some positive steps we did get a few good things done during the during the special session um but not enough it's it's a lot of its window dressing you know they like to to pass just enough to be able to go on the news and act like they've been a big champion when in reality they really haven't so uh, all i'm trying to say is the states are gonna have to step up here the federal government's not going to do the job so i'm hoping we'll see kind of a um, a, a, a real a union of, 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 of uh, individual states coming together and saying, hey, we'll help you. you. You saw where Ron DeSantis from Florida and other governors said, we'll send troops to you. We'll send law enforcement to you, Texas, and help you seal the border. So I'm hoping Greg Abbott will finally uh, do something you know, serious about it and take the bold steps. We'll see. But I just wanted you as a listener to know the Constitution absolutely empowers states to seal the border now we could spend all day on this issue there's a lot of quotes from the founding fathers i could give you on this uh bottom line is the design the only reason they gave the the power of immigration over to the feds was to prevent some states from allowing you know complete open borders and then those people go into all the states well now that's what the federal government is is doing and so the states are really going to have to have to step up here so i i don't want to spend the rest of the day on immigration but i'd be glad to answer any questions you have if you do want to dive further into that uh, we'll, after the break, be sure to call in 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Um, and so we can talk more about the border if you want, but I do definitely want to get into the COVID mandates because people are hurting. They are hurting right now. There there are, I, I was just in Seattle. Uh, we had 500, 600 people each night at these events. Poli- police officers, firemen teachers, healthcare workers, fired for not being willing to take the jab. We've absolutely got to stand up for these people. We've got to stop this unconstitutional activity.
1: And seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. From a distance, the fig leaves gave Jesus the impression that there was fruit on the tree. Upon closer inspection, the tree was fruitless. Perfect church attendance and ministry activity cannot replace actual Christ-like fruit produced in our lives. From a distance, it can appear as though we're bearing fruit, but what would we find with a closer look? Are we content with fruitful appearance, or do we yearn
0: for the real thing? Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
3: This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls
4: often have you found yourself quizzing your girl through childhood? What color is this? What letter does this start with? There is value in testing knowledge, but must everything we learn be a quiz? Much like the colors of the rainbow or the letters of the alphabet, there are elements of our Christian faith that are simple, understandable facts. But what about the beliefs we hold true that might seem more nebulous to a child? Rather than introducing these complex concepts through rote memorization, consider teaching your girl about your faith tradition in a more conversational, storytelling way. After all, people best learn and retain information through stories and anecdotes. Why do you think Jesus had so many parables?
3: We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. All for the sake of the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and let me tell you about Jaime. He's an itinerant pastor in Ecuador in Latin America. He'll travel days by foot, boat, and mule. He's been beaten by warlocks. He's been robbed of everything in his possession, and he suffered broken bones after falling 60 feet in the Andes Mountains. Now, what awaits him at the end of each trip? It's a thriving congregation of more than 100 believers where Christianity is fiercely opposed. And when I share Jaime's story and how he serves for the sake of the gospel, I recall Isaiah is 6-8. Whom shall I send? Who will go? And I believe this man is admirably answering that call and enduring more than most pastors ever will. And like others in the world where Bibles are desperately needed, Jaime is humbly asking us to send God's Word. Bible League invites you to send a Bible for only $5 every gift match, regardless of size. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800 s w o r d or click sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org org
0: afa at the core podcast are available at afr.net back to afa at the core on american family radio
2: welcome back to afa at the core i'm rick green america's constitution coach filling in for walker wildman you can call in with your comments and questions today at 888-589-8840 that's 888-589-8840 all right, I got a little hot under the collar talking about the border a few minutes ago because I see the pain. I see the lives that are, that are harmed. It's evil, evil things that are, that are happening there. Uh, I, I'm going to try not to get too hot under the collar <laughs> over the COVID mandates. I want to talk about just the structure of this. Who gets to decide whether or not you get a vaccine? Who gets to decide whether or not you have a, a medical procedure? Now, according to the president's press secretary, Jen Psaki, uh, it is the federal government. You know, She's making it very clear, federal law override state law. Now, first constitutional lesson on that today is that the Supremacy Clause, which is found in Article 6 of the Constitution, clearly says that the Constitution and the laws made in pursuance thereof are the supreme laws of the land. So in other words, any law by the federal government has to be made in pursuance thereof of the Constitution, has to be a constitutional law. What's a constitutional law? Well, if you're a constitutional republic, then that means that your government it's only powers, declaration makes this clear, the only powers of the government come from the consent of the governed. And in a constitutional republic, your constitution tells you exactly what the government can do or can't do. Now, mostly it says what it what it can do. So it says, these are the powers you have. In our case, there are 17. The constitution plus the 27 amendments add up to, to 17 enumerated powers, 17 specific things the federal government can do, like military powers, uh, building post offices and post roads, having a, a patent and trademark and copyright office, um, those sorts of things borrow money, unfortunately, that one's in there. <laughs> um, so you have have these specific things government can do and that's what a con- how a constitutional republic works. You write it on paper so that everybody knows these are the only things the feds can do. Everything else the Tenth Amendment says is left to the states and the people. And so when Jinsaki says that federal law, override state law and therefore everyone must obey President Biden's vaccine mandate for all employers of 100 employees or more and ignore governors Abbott and and DeSantis and others, their mandates, their executive orders that have said you cannot fire people for not getting the vaccine. When she says that, we have to stop and say, okay, wait, what federal law is she talking about? And is that federal law constitutional and therefore would in fact override Governor DeSantis and Governor Abbott and all these other governors that are finally saying no to the vaccine mandates. Well, guess what, folks? There is no federal law. All we've had is a presidential speech. That's it. All we've had are the, hard to understand sometimes, musings and and mutterings of the president as he goes out to the podium and gives his speech. And he tells the world back in September, I think it was September 8th, um, that all employers in America with 100 employees or more must require vaccines or else fire their employees. Really? A president's speech is now the law of the land? Did anybody else out there listening watch Schoolhouse Rocks when you were a kid? I, I, I'm not going to run away our audience and destroy AFA's uh, listening uh, 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 listenership across the country by singing. Okay, so I am not going to sing. I'm a Bill. But if you remember the cartoon... The little bill comes out and he says, I'm a bill from Capitol Hill. Wait, Capitol Hill? What's on Capitol Hill? Oh, yeah, a House and a Senate. That's called Congress. That's the legislature. Article one in the Constitution says the legislature has the law making authority under our constitutional republic. Not the president. Yes, the president can veto. Yes, the president can, can, can influence that legislation and lobby for or against legislation, but Laws are made by the Congress. There is no federal law on vaccines. There is definitely no federal law mandating companies to get the vaccine. But because the president gave a speech, because he came, this is like a tin pot dictator coming out on the balcony of his big mansion and saying, the people will do this or do that. And because he comes out and gives the speech, all of a sudden that's the law of the land. We are not a dictatorship we are a constitutional republic and it is embarrassing embarrassing that the president would do this embarrassing that his administration would defend him and worse than all of that that titans of industry would bow to him and 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 say well this is what this is the ceo of southwest airlines of all airlines i i i don't want to do it but the president said i have to and since the president said we have to do this i have to are you kidding me Southwest Airlines, I, I, I told you earlier, I'm a Texan. I mean, Southwest Airlines was the rebellious airline. Southwest Airlines shook up the industry, changed everything. Used to have a slogan about being free to fly across the country. And Southwest Airlines is going to bow to this presidential speech, not even an executive order, certainly not a law. And Southwest Airlines is going to bow to it. This is embarrassing. United Airlines, all of them except Delta. Delta said we're not going to do it as a mandate, but they're still pushing it hard and Americans joining in. It's just embarrassing. The titans of industry that used to be a big part of what made America so great because of free enterprise and freedom in the marketplace. They're now just being the brown shirts for the government. They're just enforcing the fascism. Let alone, and I'm not even getting into the science. I mean, the science is even worse than the constitutionality of this thing. This is a vaccine that has killed over 15,000 people that have been reported to the Vera system. You know, the last time we did anything like this in terms of a national campaign and a big push uh, for a vaccine goes all the way back to 1976. The swine flu, big national campaign, very similar to what they've tried to do here. 53 people died and they pulled the plug. They stopped it immediately and said no more. 53 people died. Over 15,000 have died from this one. Hundreds of thousands have had adverse reactions. The the science is clear on this thing. We are not dealing with smallpox or Ebola. COVID-19 is 125th as deadly as Spanish flu was in 1918. Think about that. Twenty-five times more deadly in 1918, and we didn't do this kind of nonsense. Tell healthy people to stay home, shut down states, stop Western civilization, force everybody to wear a mask. <clears throat> some cities had uh, so, some mask. I wouldn't even call them mandates because it was only when you were in downtown, you were in crowded areas, that sort of thing. Nothing like the insanity we've got right now. I just l- left the grocery store this morning and. to get my wife some flowers last minute it's our anniversary today i know isn't that terrible i went this morning to get the the card and the flowers don't tell her okay anyway uh so i'm I'm at the grocery store this morning and people are walking outside with masks on and i'm going we have lost our ever-loving minds we are the most highly educated idiots in the history of the world we have more education than any people ever in the history of the world and we don't have enough common sense to know that there is no point in wearing a mask while you're walking by yourself outside, limiting the amount of oxygen that you're going to get. Okay, I got to get off the mask thing, or I'll, I'll be talking about that all day long. Let alone the Gestapo uh, airline stewardesses and stewards that I've that I've had to deal with. But back to the constitutionality of a federal mandate in this case, there is zero. Let me be clear: zero constitutional authority for the federal government when it comes to vaccines. Zero. There's nothing in the Constitution that gives them the authority even to approve. The whole FDA process is not in the Constitution, let alone police power to mandate it. Now, know what you might be thinking. Wait a minute. What about Jacobson? Jacobson v. Massachusetts. I've heard all kinds of people talking about Jacobson v. Massachusetts. Supreme Court has ruled. So it's the law of the land. That's a whole other fallacy, by the way. The Supreme Court rulings are not the law of the land. They're the opinion of the U.S. Supreme Court. Who makes the law? We just said it earlier, Article 1. The legislature makes the law, not the Supreme Court. But anyway, Jacobson v. Massachusetts, all these people claiming that they can have a federal mandate because of Jacobson v. Massachusetts, a 1905 case, 1905, dealing with not federal power, but local power in small during smallpox. Smallpox, perspective folks, 300 times more deadly than COVID-19, 300 times more deadly and COVID-19 was what they were dealing with during the Jacobson case there in Massachusetts. And you know what the punishment was for the guy not wanting to get the vaccine because his family had uh, had previously had adverse reactions to vaccines? $5, a $5 fine. Not fired, not, not, not dishonorably discharged, which is what they're doing to our members of the military. Dishonorably discharged. You're talking about Navy SEALs that are the healthiest people on the planet, the toughest human beings that exist. And because they don't want to get the vaccine, they're going to be dishonorably discharged, which means it's like being a felon. You're not going to be able to get a job. You've you've ruined your, your, your career, all of those things. These are people willing to die for us, die for our freedom, and we're going to dishonorably discharge them. Folks, we have lost our minds. That is absolutely ridiculous. We're literally, Romans 1.22, as I said earlier, professing ourselves to be wise, we have become fools. So short answer, it's absolutely not constitutional for the president to dictate to employers what they should do or that employees have to be uh, vaccinated. Uh, Companies should ignore it. Um, Absolutely, the governor should stand in the gap. It's called interposition. It's it's literally stand between the federal government and their people and say, absolutely not. We're not going to do this nonsense. Uh, look, if you want to get the vaccine, great. I'm all for freedom. Look, my kids, we do some vaccines and not others. We study them. We do a cost-benefit analysis. Wow, that sounds like freedom. That sounds like using your brain. That sounds like actually doing research and saying, okay, my risk of the disease is this, and, and my risk on the vaccine is this, and I'm going to weigh these different things. And, and we live out on the ranch, so tetanus, that certainly makes sense for our kids. And and, and, and some of these things don't. That used to be called freedom. And individuals use. See, here's the thing friend of mine always says, with any government policy, if you want to know whether it's allowing more freedom or it's moving towards tyranny, answer a very simple two-word question. Who decides? Who decides? Who has the power to make the decision about what you inject in your body? Who has the power to make the decision about where your kid goes to school? And this business of now vaccinating with an experimental vaccine, five-year-olds, I got to tell you, I am righteously angry about this. Five to 11-year-olds, do you know that five to 11-year-olds have a better chance of dying from cancer than COVID? They're more likely to die from drowning than COVID. They're more likely to die from homicide or suicide than die from COVID. More likely, get this, to die from the flu than they are likely to die from COVID. And we're going to inject an experimental vaccine in a kid with that kind of risk? When we have no idea, no one knows. Anthony Fauci certainly doesn't know. Uh, Walensky doesn't know. The FDA, no one knows the long-term effects of this vaccine on adults or kids. If adults want to take that risk, go for it. But how dare you? How dare you abuse children with masks all day long and then inject them with this experimental vaccine? It violates, as I said, 9 of the 10 Nuremberg, Nuremberg Code Uh, prongs on whether or not to do experimental things like this on human beings. It's just evil and it's wrong. And we need to be informed about this. Even Anthony Fauci himself, this is what he said. If we can get the overwhelming majority of those 28 million children vaccinated, I think, stop for a second, think about what he just said. I think that would play a major role in diminishing the spread of infection in the community. So Anthony Fauci wants you to use an experimental vaccine on children ages five to 11, because he thinks that maybe it will have a role in diminishing, not ending, not stopping. There is no stop the spread, folks. COVID going to COVID. There is no stop the spread, but he thinks it might play a major role in diminishing the spread. I just cannot believe that this man is allowed to even have a press conference anymore. He has lied to us about the vaccine, about the masks, about the gain of function research. He has no credibility left. He lied to Congress. The guy ought to be uh, prosecuted. He has done more damage. To the United States of America than any single individual in our history. Now, I know that's a big statement. Some people are going to mock me for that, but Anthony Fauci has done more damage to our nation, more lives have been lost, more damage to the economy, more psychological damage to, to children and others than any single human being in the history of our nation. There is no reason anyone should listen to Anthony Fauci ever again. The guy is a fraud and he lied to us over and over and over again. He's compromised. He has he has all kinds of, of, of conflicts of interest. It's just insane. I just cannot believe that we still allow the man to even give a press conference. Okay. All right. I said I wasn't going to get hot under the collar. I hope you can tell it's righteous anger. I try to, I, I really try hard. You know, the Bible says be angry and sin not. I try hard when I get angry to sin not. I hope I didn't sin in the things that I said. I I hope that everything that I've shared with you is truth. I I work really hard to research these things, to listen to experts. And I'm talking about scientific experts that are the best of the best in epidemiology and all of these things. And, and, And I try to make sure that the information that I share is both truthful and frankly, nobody has all the answers. I don't have all the answers. Nobody has all the answers. And that's why we should be able to debate these things. That's why you shouldn't silence people that have a differing opinion. Uh, You know, except Anthony Fauci after all of his lies. You know, it's one one thing to have a differing opinion. It's another thing to lie and libel and and cost lives because of suppressing truth about these treatments that are out there. At any rate, okay, I'm going to calm down. We got a lot of folks calling. So as soon as we come back from the break, we're going to get to those calls. I apologize, Gail and Rick and others that are waiting. I got a little fired up you know, I get fired up and it just, uh, I don't know. I'm, my wife says, think before you speak. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, baby, I'm thinking, I'm just speaking a, a lot. So it didn't have time for calls. So we're going to do calls when we get back. If you want to talk about the border situation, if you want to talk about the COVID mandates and the, and the constitutionality or unconstitutionality of these things, what states can do, what you can do as an individual, uh, these police officers and firefighters and others that are losing their jobs, their lives are being turned upside down. They've been willing to be on the front lines, put their lives on the line for us and this government and these 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 fascists, they're just kicking them to the curb with no science to back up what they're doing. It's just, again, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. What can we do about it? We're going to talk about that when we come back and as we take our calls. There's some good things we can do, folks. I've been on the bad and the ugly so far. Let's get to the good. You know, we should always look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. Eyes wide open to what's happening in our culture. And what we can do to save our constitutional republic. Stay with us, folks. You are listening to AFA at the core.
0: Hurricane Ida is one of the strongest hurricanes to hit Louisiana to date. Thousands are in need of hope and help, so 8 Days of Hope is headed to Louisiana to help them begin rebuilding their lives. If you're local to the area or if you can travel, you're very welcome to join. But if you can't do that, you're still able to help through your prayers and donations. To sign up as a volunteer or to donate, go to 8daysofhope.com. 8daysofhope.com. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training. Here's another of our core values. We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God, and our role is that of a trusted manager. Thank you for standing with AFA as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. Hi, I'm John Sorensen, President of Evangelism Explosion, and this is Share Life Today on American Family Radio. Jump on in, the water's fine. Have you ever heard that before? Maybe as a child on the edge of a diving board. It was probably pretty exhilarating when you finally jumped in. And you know it's the same way when you take a step of faith, as Amber did at a recent Equip America event. Let's listen to what she had to say.
3: We often make sharing the gospel more complicated than it has to be and I really appreciate you guys method on how to share it is it's so easy all we have to do is have a little bit of faith
0: Your Father in heaven will help you as you take a step of faith to witness to others. You know, Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Trust in this amazing promise that He's always going to be with you even as you tell others about Him. For more information, visit our website at sharelife.today. AFA at the core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the core on American family radio.
2: Welcome back to AFA at the core, Rick Green filling in for Walker Wildman. I'm an America's America's constitution coach and also the founder of Patriot Academy. You can check us out at patriotacademy.com. And before I go to our callers, just real quick, I do want to say, listen, I I know I'm ranting a lot today. I'm, I'm pretty I got really upset, honestly. Uh, um, Hopefully, as I said, righteously angry, hopefully angry and not sinning. uh, But it's an anger born out of frustration with this president last night in his press conference or, you know, just I mean, his uh, his town hall with Anderson Cooper, just mocking those of us that are fighting for freedom because we see the tyranny and the the fascism that literally the Marxism seeping into our country and we want to stand for liberty, want to stand for biblical principles um, and just just frustration with how many of the American people are going along with it. And frankly, too many in the church that are going along with it. So, So let me just very quickly give you a little bit of hope since I've pointed out a lot of the negatives that are happening. Here's the good news. All of this insanity, all of this professing themselves to be wise and becoming fools has awakened the giant, has awakened so many Americans. I mean, people that never thought about the role of government, never thought about what the Bible says about these things. They never thought about applying their faith, applying what the Bible says to government, to, to policy, to what, how their neighborhoods are organized, how their community and their state and their nation is organized. They never thought about those things. And now they are. They're asking the right questions. They're asking what does the Bible say about government? What does the Bible say about the role of citizens? What are we supposed to do as citizens in a constitutional republic? How do we live that out and honor God in that? What's our responsibility? How do, we, how do we deal with the parable of the talents where we've been given the talent of freedom? Are we burying that talent? Are we the wicked and slothful servant that did nothing with their freedom? Or are we like the other two that invested and worked and multiplied that freedom for others as well? Those are the questions people are asking. Uh, We have so many people now that are taking our biblical citizenship in modern America course. Uh, I'm talking 50,000 people have gone through that in just the last few months, a couple hundred thousand over the last few years. And, and 10,000 have signed up to be coaches, to actually host the class in their living room or in their homes to say, what does the Bible say about my role as a citizen? And how do I do this correctly under our particular form of government, a constitutional republic? It's called biblical citizenship in modern America. It's giving people hope. Every week you leave the class going, wow, I'm not the only one. There are others out there that care about these things. And there are answers. There are principles that work. We can restore our nation and restore those biblical values and those constitutional principles. So if you want to be a part of all that, check it out at patriotacademy.com. We'd love for you to come alongside us. We give people hope every day. Uh, You know, I'm not a Pollyanna, just wave the flag kind of guy. I'm going to tell you exactly what I believe and what's happening. We're going to look at it eyes wide open. But with a joy in knowing that our joy comes from whose we are, not where we are. So we can, we can have joy in the fight. So even when I'm righteously angry, at the end of the day, I can put my head on the pillow at, at night and say, hey, I'm doing my duty. I can leave the results up to God. God's got this. He's sovereign. He's in charge. But he expects me to do my part all day long. And that gives me joy. Just being able to be in the fight, to not live in pale and timid times, but live at a time where what you do can truly make a difference. Your thoughts and questions at 888-589-888. Four zero. I rambled for so long. We may have lost them, but we had Gail from Tennessee and Rick from Texas on. So, guys, let me know if we can get either one of them still with us, and and uh, find out what their question or comment is. All Hello. right. I don't hear anybody. Gail, you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, good. Gail from Tennessee. What yeah. part of Tennessee you in, Gail?
4: Well, the northwest corner, up here around Real Foot Lake and Dark.
2: All North right. North. I uh, got a sister in Nashville, actually Franklin I guess. Uh no, she's in Columbia now. She moved over uh, a little bit further west, a little closer to where you are.
4: Yeah, there you go. Uh I have a couple of uh questions. My husband and I, oh by the way, happy anniversary to you and the missus.
2: Thank you very much. <laughs>
4: uh I uh we were experiencing our 53rd wedding anniversary last year when we came down with COVID. And uh, we uh, still have antibodies here yeah. after, after our blood test and everything. I want to know, and I've listened to AFR. I listen to it all day long every day. But anyway, uh, monoclonal antibodies, where are they? What is it? Where, where does it come from? And uh, second question, since we do have antibodies... Uh, All this length of time, as a matter of fact, you know, we just came through our test last month, and they checked, and we still have antibodies, so it's well over a year. Uh, Is there anything we can do to ensure, uh, you know, anything we can take over the counter uh, that would uh, help to maintain those antibodies?
2: Well, Gail, first of all, I'm no scientist or doctor, but let me say just from looking at the studies and talking to a lot of scientists and doctors, first of all, congrats for getting through COVID and getting the immunity um, and, and and all the things that I ranted about earlier. I don't want to diminish the fact that this is a deadly virus. It's just nothing like it's not in the same universe as Spanish flu or smallpox or Ebola or these things that would justify any uh level of government involvement, but it is deadly for, for some, which a lot of viruses are and a lot of other things that kill people. I almost killed my dad. My dad barely survived last summer with COVID. Had a great doctor that got him on hydroxychloroquine and, and nursed him through. My wife and I were down for two weeks and it I mean it it tore us up. I mean it was bad. My wife ended up getting the Regeneron. She did the 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 monoclonals and it really helped her. Um she also did butesodyne a couple other treatments that really, really helped her um, so uh, first, let me just say congrats for get, for getting the antibodies and and think about it. One hundred twenty five million Americans have had COVID, and and according to all the studies, and I mean we got big studies out of Israel with seven hundred fifty thousand people. Other big studies from the best of the best saying if you've had COVID, your immunity having had COVID is way better than the vaccine. Like the Israeli study says, thirteen times better, twenty seven uh, times less likely uh to end up in the hospital and and go through those things and somebody that gets the vaccine. So so the natural immunity is huge, it's part of the story they're trying to cover up and and keep people from talking about. I think as we go down the road the medical exemptions to be able to keep your job if you've had covid, the medical exemption because you've had covid is going to be one of the silver bullets. That's that's going to really help to to push back on these on these vaccine mandates and some of those dominoes are falling. We won a few lawsuits under that. Uh, and there's been some good decisions there, but we're a long ways from complete victory. So back to your question, things you could do now. What what we're I'll just tell you what we're doing as a family. So we've we've all had it, but uh, we don't know for sure how long that immunity will last. You know, if it's anything like chickenpox and some of the other viruses that when we get the uh, get the actual virus. That immunity is lifelong. We don't know yet if it's going to be lifelong on, on COVID, but we do know based on the studies that it, it's being really strong even after a year, and so that's a really good sign. Um, but what we're doing is we're approaching it from the standpoint of you know living our lives. We've got the natural immunity, but we still prepare. We make sure we got ivermectin on hand. We make sure we've got ivermectin on hand. Uh, we still take vitamin D every day. We still try to get out in the sun and get some natural vitamin D every day. All the things that just make sense. We're still doing all of those things. I mean, we still, you know, wash our hands carefully. The Delta variant is very much a nasal passage um, uh, transfer, and that's why the vaccine is not doing as well as the natural immunity. The natural immunity gives you that immunity in your nasal passages and the vaccine doesn't. And that's why Delta's having a heyday with the people that have actually had the vaccine, but that's a whole other story. There's some good articles out there. You can duck, duck, go them. I don't say Google them anymore. I say duck, duck, go them. Uh, but that's what we're doing, Gail. I, I know there's other things you can do and, and there's better experts than me, certainly on that. Uh, but I'm just so thankful that you had it. You got through it, that y'all survived it and, uh, and now have the immunity.
4: Well, where do the antibodies uh, come from that people take? You know, you said that your wife had been given... Yes,
2: for the monoclonal. Uh, right. uh, you know, good. good it's basically lab-created where they where they took natural antibodies that people had and then they uh, managed to, you know, replicate them. Uh, and I don't know anything about how that science works, which is why I was actually very hesitant, honestly, on the Regeneron. I, I didn't do it myself, and, and uh, my wife was just adamant she wanted to do it, and it turned out to, to work great, and now... We're seeing great results across the country on that. Thank you, Ron DeSantis, for pushing it in Florida. Uh, but I don't know enough about it to speak to how the science behind that works.
4: Okay. Well, I really appreciate you taking my call today. You're welcome. Um, this is a day God bless Lord Tennessee. I will rejoice and be glad in it.
2: Amen. Amen. Uh, we're we're uh, uh, yeah. Uh, that that joy is what we've got to have, no matter how. Good or bad things get. You know, don't forget, folks, you've got the pillow. You've got the coffee mug. It says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you. But we all love that verse out of Jeremiah. Where were they headed? 70 years of captivity, and they still had joy. So we can have joy in what we're facing today as well. Thank you, Gail, for calling in from Tennessee. Uh, Let's go to Rick from Texas. Wait, I'm Rick from Texas. Am I calling myself? This is weird. Rick, what part of Texas are you in? I'm in the
1: southern part of Texas.
2: Uh, All right. Well, thanks for
1: calling it in. Yes, I just wanted to uh, make a comment. Um, I know that you were, like, speaking about the immigrant situation, and you, you say you speak a lot about the bad, and it's time to hear a little bit about the good. I represent, uh, I'm a medical coordinator, and I'm part of the ORR outfit. And uh, we actually received a couple of thousands of children every year in my outfit, uh, and we process them through. And I just want to tell you about the numbers that you were commenting on. Uh, from personal experience, I can tell you that the kids that are being molested or raped or abused, it's about 2% of the children that we get. And the kids that are running away from harm of gang violence and uh, physical abuse, it's also about 2%. So we get about 96% of just normal kids that are just coming in. And I want to emphasize that I'm only speaking about the unaccompanied minor children. I don't know what's happening with the adults or anything like that. Just the unaccompanied minors, the numbers are really skewed from what people are representing and what we're seeing here in these shelters. Which part of uh,
2: the border are you at?
1: Personal experience.
2: Excuse me? Yeah, no, I mean, that's all we can. any of us can speak to is what we personally see, right? And the numbers I'm giving you are from people that are personally seeing that Uh, in Del Rio and other places on the border. But you've got obviously a different experience. I I appreciate you sharing it. Uh, I'm curious though, which part of the border where you're seeing that?
1: We're getting all the kids from McAllen and Mission and Del Rio and all them areas. So that's all the Southern border and all the shelters that represent ORR, which is the Office of Refugees and Resettlement. I'm kind of like a lead coordinator. So I got like about five medical coordinators underneath me and they're seeing the same in their shelters. So well, you I said a couple of thousand,
2: to... there's been, you know, what, 40,000 of these kids. So you're not seeing all of them. I'm, uh, I'm assuming.
1: No, I, just, I'm, I'm speaking about my shelter, even though our, our outfit represents about five shelters. So we see a lot more than that, but I'm just yeah. saying that the numbers are really skewed from the position where we stand and what we see and what's actually happening.
2: And, and what you're saying is that of the ones you've seen, as far as you know, 2% have been raped,
1: right? Right, yeah, they have been molested or raped and, and most of that is not in the um, in the travels. Uh, I would say maybe of that 2%, I would say 50% are in the travels and 50% are back home. by either a relative or a gang or somebody associated like that. Um, so the numbers yeah. are just really low in comparison to what I hear now. You know, I I can only speak of personal experience and I just, you know, when we talk about speak of the good, I'm speaking like this is, I don't agree everything that's going on with immigration, by the way, and I'm a conservative and I do believe in closed borders, but there's, they have to be a process and some of us have to work to process them. So in a sense, yeah. I feel like I'm helping, but, um. Well, no, I'm thankful you're on the
2: front lines, man. I'm thankful you're there and, and giving good care uh, to those kids. And I, I hope it is only 2%, not just where you are, but uh, across the rest. Uh, that is definitely not the numbers that are being reported. Everybody else that I've talked to, but I'm glad to hear that where you are, it's only, I mean, obviously 2% is too many, right? And and, and that's evil, evil stuff that's happening to the two out of every hundred that comes across, even if it is just the two. Um, but uh, But certainly we should not be as a nation, waving a flag saying, please come, please send your children without you and let this stuff happen to them. That's that's the real part that's a problem is the, is the uh, invitation that the president has given, uh, just as President Obama did, that's caused such an influx. I'm assuming you've seen the influx, the massive increase okay. now versus, you know, even uh, a year ago or two years ago.
1: Yeah, the, the kids never stop coming. I've been working for the ORR for about four years and it's just you know, hundreds after hundreds after hundreds daily that keep coming, and they just don't stop. It's, it's just an influx that's unstoppable right now. Uh, yeah. And so it's worse. So guess,
2: it's worse uh, now than it was a year ago, or it's about the same.
1: It, it's worse now. It, it's a larger hmm. quantity.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, it's they got they need to, need to, to stop. We've got to put an end to order. it at some point. Rick, I appreciate you calling, man. I'm going to try to get uh, one more. Veronica from North Carolina. you got about 20 seconds, Veronica. So try to get it in fast, and then we're out of time for today.
1: Hey, good afternoon, Mr. Green. Last good time to I have you. Go for it. Last time I saw you was back at Front Sight, and I'm also one of your constitution coaches, so thanks for that. And also, oh, happy thank anniversary. you. Hey, just real quick, wanted to let you know that um, it's not just the Navy SEALs its entire dod and we are the healthiest population that i think we have in the united states however Amen. this mandate is requiring 100 percent compliance oh. so where some people think that the military is getting religious exemptions approved they're not
4: in fact i had mine disapproved this week so huh.
2: um, veronica i pray I for you and i hate what's happening to you. you you're willing to serve our nation in this way We've got great lawsuits right now. I hope people will help Liberty Council. Liberty Council is lc.org. They're helping to represent folks like Veronica all over the country. I'm so sorry I'm out of time, Veronica. Thank you for being a Constitution Coach. And for the rest of you out there, if you want to be a part of the solution, go to patriotacademy.com and become a Constitution Coach and host these classes in your community. Get people educated on it. We can restore our Constitutional Republic. We can bring back these biblical values. But we've got to do it. Raise the banner. I promise you others will rally in your community. God bless you. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. Thanks for listening to AFA at the Core.
0: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio. Faith.